Now you can show your support for Inside Music Cast by making a donation at InsideMusicCast.com. Your donation will help us to continue producing future episodes of Inside Music Cast and keep Inside Music Cast radio streaming 24-7. You can also receive special Inside Music Cast merch, such as t-shirts, stickers, and coasters for your support at various levels. Find out more at InsideMusicCast.com. From all of us at Inside Music Cast, thank you for your support. In the late 70s, a group of incredible studio musicians came together to form a prolific, legendary band who shook up the music scene with well-crafted and expertly produced songs with a West Coast AOR sound. Here in the States, you'd imagine that we're referring to Toto. However, this group of musicians hails from Norway, and their band is Lava. On this episode of Inside Music Cast, we're chatting with one of the group's founding members, Svein Dog Hauge, to discuss the origins of Lava, the band's rise to notoriety in Scandinavia, and where they're headed next, including a discussion about their upcoming box set that features a brand new album titled X. Inside Music Cast is pleased to welcome Svein Dog Hauge. Hey Svein, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's nice to be here. We've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. Yes. But of course, before we get started here, we do want to uh, say thank you to our Inside Music Cast correspondent uh, in Stockholm. And that's Mikael Ingström for connecting us and also contributing a lot of information, great information about uh, about the band, about Lava and about uh, Svein. And uh, so thank you very much, Mick. We appreciate yeah, thank that. Thank you, Mikhail. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very nice. Um, Svein, uh, I, I need to ask you here, that's, and it's, um, you know, now that COVID is somewhat over, I mean, uh, you know, and you're back on the road again, and you're performing, and and uh, can, can you tell us how um, how was life for you and your family, and and, uh, and also the band during the pandemic? We, we do want to address that, because you had to do things a little differently, and now it's settling down. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Norway, we have uh, a nice government. So, uh, what happened for us was that uh, they they gave a lot of bands money to play, even though it was only allowed to have like twenty spectators. Wow! So we were actually allowed to go on tour and play for between twenty and fifty people. So. Uh, we we actually got to play a lot during the pandemic. Really? So we were one of the lucky guys, I must say. So Lava is very was very lucky and uh, we appreciated very much that we were able to do that. What a genius idea. I I never had heard that before and uh um that that year the government is able to organize ways for you to keep you doing your craft. That's that was a yes. wonderful idea. Yeah. It's uh, it was very and it worked in Norway, yeah. so yeah, that was very nice. And I also used the time to to make songs, mm-hmm. and uh, so the lava, this new lava album that's coming out now is uh, because of that. I had some time. <laughs> yes, I had. A, and we'll talk about the, the new project that's, that's coming out, and it's about ready to be released soon. But we want to uh, recognize that, uh, you know, over the years, you and Lava have 
enjoyed a, a great following in Scandinavia and Europe, and and uh, it really remains very strong today. And but um, you know, from '77 when it all started, it's almost what is it? Almost 45 years. Yeah, and um, it's look, a long time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're everybody's old in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but looking back, did you ever think that the band would have this type of you know, legacy and longevity? I never actually thought about it because, you know, when you're like we were, 24, 23 years old, mm-hmm. it's a, we, we enjoyed enormous success at once. We were like, uh, we had rehearsed six times and then we were on TV and doing uh, jazz festivals. <laughs> wow. So everything came so... I think we were the right band to the right uh, at the right time. So um, and you know how young people are; they uh, they takes take thing for granted. So we now, in retrospect, I know that we were lucky. But uh, then, then we thought, oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're when you're. Uh when you're young, when you're 23, um, you know, it's you're only thinking about maybe making it past the first year, let alone 45. So, you know, that's it's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we were such a great uh, bunch of guys. Yeah, we we have always uh, uh, thought about having a great relationship before anyone got to be a member of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sit in the tour bus for 22 hours yeah. and play for one and a half. So it's right. it's rather important that the 22 hours are good also. Right, right. I, I love what you're saying about the, we don't get to hear that part too much about when we interview musical guests that so much more time is spent on the bus well, with each other. Yeah, well, you know, Steve, we've been, had Steve Lukather from Toto on the show before and he's he's said many times, he goes, <laughs> we don't get paid for playing the gigs, we get paid for, you know, riding on the bus and touring. <laughs> you know, that's that's where that's where they get paid. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's 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 the hard work. <laughs> yeah. So, so for us, the the thing that made us last so long is that we we have a great respect and we like each other. And sure, we have been uh, quarreling and uh, hated each other, and uh, yeah. we even had some uh, some pause during this time. But uh, we're still here. Well, all of that quarreling and hate, that's just, you know, that just stamps your, your uh, real band membership card. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what all bands do, right? <laughs> that happens. Yeah. It's like a little family. So Yeah, it's like a marriage or a yeah. friendship. If you don't, and if you don't dare to speak your mind, yeah. it will never be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, it's fine. We love telling the many stories of how bands, you know, first started and how they met and began playing and, and jamming together. So Lava definitely has a story like this. So take us back to the late 70s when you first met uh, a young drummer named Per Hillestad. Yeah, I I was his teacher. I, I was just out of uh, music school and uh, they called me and wondered if I can... Uh, be a, be a stand-in for the teacher for half a year. Mm-hmm. And he was in the gymnasium, what you call it. And so uh, so I got there and I heard about this great drummer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I was just out of, I thought I've played with all the great guys. Yeah. 
But I said, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll meet him. And so I went up to his rehearsal place and I heard the most stunning drumming. It was just, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I grabbed the door and opened it and said, you and I are going to play together. <laughs> and that was like 46 years ago. Yeah, and that was that. <laughs> so, uh, so that was easy. You know when you're, yeah, when you hear something you haven't heard before. Yeah, yeah. And then we found a, a great bass player and a p piano player, mm -hmm. and uh, we made the first Lava gigs and first album, and it was just great. You know, when you think about the, the beginnings that far back of of Lava and a lot of bands, also is when you go back and and you start jamming and you start talking about music, it's it's almost an addiction because you found someone that you can do something with. And so let me ask you, what were you and Pear and, and the guys around you, what what were you listening to? The type of, of music as you guys were young and, you know, 16, 17 or whatever. And um, what kind of music were we? We have an idea, but we want to hear it from you. <laughs> I was into, you know, do you remember CTI? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The record company mm -hmm. uh, and all you know, all the West Coast and Tom Cat and uh, Tom Scott and you know all the guys yeah. and yeah. Uh, Steve Lukather and so I was very early in liking that kind of music and it spoke to me and uh, I may have or wrote songs and Pierre was the first drummer who could understand that completely mm -hmm. and uh, make it sound just as good mm -hmm. so and i listened to jeff beck at the wired uh, album you know and uh, yeah it was uh, it was just a fantastic time very very much happening mm -hmm. and i was i was really enjoying it and uh, want to be part of it mm -hmm. you know um you, you, uh, the band members, uh, you know, have been compared to Toto, um, and even Mikhail mentioned that to Eddie and Eddie mm -hmm. and I. That he he basically called you guys like the Toto of Norway, you know. And it's from not only your sound, but to the incredible musicianship of the band members, and to what the band members did outside of Lava for other artists. And you know, but I've always found that Lava sound in particular to be very unique and not necessarily. A Toto clone. So when I think back to when you started the band in the late 70s and you were finding your musical direction, was Toto even an influence at all? I, and I ask this because Lava's origin was around the same time as Toto. So perhaps they weren't as influential to Lava as some people might think when they make that comparison. Mm -hmm. Oh, they were. So they were. we we listened a lot to them and, and yeah. very much them as uh, studio musicians playing with different uh, artists and it, it just clicked. It was just the way we wanted it to sound. Yeah. And uh, so, and we still think they are a fantastic band. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we are big fans of Toto still. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will never disappear. No, no. no. That uh, it, and and what what a band, right? To to say uh, that the Toto is you know they're just not a U.S. band or a, a Europe band. I mean, they are truly an international force that has affected so many bands, right? 
Yeah, and it never went away. They just keep on being yeah, so good. Absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's also very important to me because uh, one of the strengths of Lava, I think, is our song making, the songs we are yeah. doing. And it's the same with Toto. It's, it's a lot of bands that can play very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But uh, a nonsense song is a nonsense song. That's even though it's nice solo playing and everything. So it has to be a good yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, Svein, uh, we want to get to know you a little bit better. I mean, it's, uh, and we know that you're a very, you know, very accomplished guitarist. Was the guitar the first instrument that you played, or do you play other instruments too, keyboard or anything? Or when did you pick up the guitar? I started up as a drummer, actually. Really? Oh, okay. So I okay. played the drums for some years in the pop pop band here mm-hmm. and then I f- then I played bass and then I started playing guitar so wow. but I yeah I'd always play the guitar but uh, but then uh, I started to doing it more seriously and went to music school and stuff mm-hmm. so uh, and that's why I'm so interested in dr- interested in drummers because yeah. I think they are the backbone of every good recording or yeah. every good uh, live performance. Yeah. You, it never happens if the drummers are not right. Yeah, you know, that's it's always interesting to me. Like, you know, there, there's some musicians who, like, say, Larry Carlton, for example, who pretty much guitar has been his life, you know, and, and uh, or Steve Lukather, for that matter. And then there's, you know, we were surprised when we interviewed uh, Mark King of Level 42, and I don't know if you remember this, Eddie, but he, he told us that uh, he actually, you know, we know him as such an incredible bassist and, of course, vocalist. But he started off in the band as their drummer. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, really? I had no idea. <laughs> I think you you have to have uh, a certain was it feel for the for the drumming, yeah, and for the timing to play in bands like like ours. It mm-hmm. uh, because it has to be both tight and swinging and everything. Everything that's good. Yeah. With and uh, it starts with the drummer, and mm-hmm. I've always, I I say that my guitar playing or my rhythm guitar is just extension. It's a melodic yeah. hi hat. So yeah. yeah. So I have to click with the the hi hat, and mm-hmm. so we have to be tight, and then that's. A little of the backbone of the lava sound, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. neat. Well, you were playing some gigs early on, and with uh, with the guys, and but but tell us about this one special gig that sort of changed your path. I mean, not only <laughs> you not only got paid on it, but someone noticed you that was in the audience. Tell us about that one gig. It's actually our first gig. We went from this is in in an, a little western town in Norway. And uh, we got 27 people there listening to us. <laughs> and we okay. thought, well, <laughs> we might not be a success. But one of the guys <laughs> d- did record us. And he was very, he thought it was great. And he went to Bergen, where he was living, and mm-hmm. started to playing that in a music shop. And suddenly we heard, we heard all this uh, have you heard this new band, Lava? It's fantastic. And so the the word of mouth started going. And uh, yeah, that's the best way of of uh, creating an interest, I think. 
Yeah. And then we got all these uh, offers for doing both TV shows and great gigs. And so it happens really fast for us. Faster than wow. we could hang on, I think. So, and when we did our first tour, it uh, we started off with uh, everybody has has a sleeping bag so we could uh, sleep in the <laughs> in, in the places where we're playing or in the bus or in the whatever <laughs> and uh, by the time we get to Trondheim that's a big uh, city in Norway yeah. yeah our our ticket was going on the black market and we were number two on the charts and uh, wow. so we, we didn't understand anything Mm-hmm. what's wow. happening here it, yeah <laughs> you know it, it's funny you, you're mentioning how fast things progressed for the success and the let's just say uh, the notoriety of the band mm-hmm. and you know you think of bands these days and sometimes they have to row really hard and work so hard for many many years and and i go back to what you said at the very beginning it was all about the right timing yeah it, it is and we were we were the only band playing that kind of music, the way we were playing it. Yeah. And uh, so we were really lucky. Now that you have to compete with a lot of bands with great musicians and everybody comes out of music school and they are so accomplished players. But uh, so it's more difficult, I think. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Going back to 1980, that's when you received your, your self-titled album. The first ones, the debut album, it was uh, Lava. And it was produced by a very talented producer, Svein Gundersen. And um, it had great songs in it. I mean, I, I actually, we went back and we listened to all of your early th- music, your yeah. discography. And some songs such as Anna and So Many Times, uh, of which oh. you actually sang vocals. You sang vocals on So Many Times. I did. And, uh, That's when I st- stopped <laughs> after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there so are you so, said that? Yeah. There, there are so many good vocalists. I'm not. I'm a good uh, background vocalist. Yeah. Well, you did great on, on that on that first thank album. You. It's very, so, thank you. So when in looking back on your thoughts, you know, for almost 45 years later, you look back on the first album, give, give us your thoughts on it. What was going on and, and where you've gone from there? Mostly it was an Im- uh, f- just uh, instrumental, and mm-hmm. uh, I was I was into you know riffs and uh, trying to play with a nice guitar sound, and uh, yeah, we and open an open uh, sounding record, and then we uh, so it nothing happened when it came out, and then mm. we there was this program on TV where they were uh, uh, shuffling snow on the mountains <laughs> and uh, and uh, then they they played one of the lava songs the yeah. one that sounds maybe a little bit like carlos santana europe yeah uh, yeah journey is the is the song and uh, then suddenly bang everybody loved that and they still do so that's very nice <laughs> <laughs> I got I find it ironic that a, a band with the name Lava gained notoriety on a television show about snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of the fire and ice, right? Fire <laughs> and ice. That's a, that's a good because yeah, you, if you've seen our albums, there are 
there a lot about snow and ice. So, uh, <laughs> so yes. Do, do you even know, I'm curious, you know, how, how did this song, Journey, how did it land on this television show? And, uh, and, and ultimately, I guess it must have been a good way to promote the band. I mean, people oh, were yes. hearing it, correct? It was yeah. great. And then, you know, we had one, the TV channel, NRK. So everybody listened to that and saw it. Everybody, and, uh, yeah. yeah, and everybody wondered. And maybe because it's it's a rather nice song too, in retrospect for me. It's a, yeah. it's a basic, nice song. And nobody played like that. So, uh, well, we like the right band to the right at the right time. Well, this this song, Journey, was really an important song. It was really the track that started it all for you guys uh, in some sense. And I want to pause for a second and play this for our listeners who may have not heard the song before. And this is from uh, the band's self-titled release that uh, came out in 1980. And again, this is Journey from our guest today, Dog Hauge from Lava on Inside Music Cast.
you know, although some band members have come and gone over the years uh, as members of Lava, um, the musicians all, by the way, have been very excellent. But the Lava sound, um, it has stayed very consistent, you know, throughout the years. And, uh, and even all, although members have come and gone, is there something that, that you've really worked for to maintain, um, you know, how do you keep the music uh, and sound of Lava, you know, fairly consistent? Oh, yes. I mean, it's, you know, whether there's very, lyrics or not. Very conscious about that. We had a lot of songs that, no, it's not a Lava song. We, we can play that. It's a great song, but put it on your uh, solo album or... Mm-hmm. So we have always, it has to go through, you know, Rolf Graf, the bass player who died some years ago. We yeah. had a great relationship and he was a fantastic musician and uh, and composer. So mm-hmm. So we kind of... Most of the songs we did, and then Pierre, you know, the keyboard player, and both the keyboard players also had nice songs. So, so from early on, that was our strength, I think, mm-hmm. that there was a lot of uh, composers in the band. Mm-hmm. So, so we have been very conscious about uh, what sounds Lava and what does not. And we had made some mistakes, but uh, usually we are spot on <laughs> yeah did you uh i mean in just over the years in so many years of of this consistency was there ever a time where you thought maybe we should try something different like venture outside of the lava sound or or did that even cross your mind yes it did uh, and the the album that we did that most it's the fire or yeah fire album uh-huh. that was in 84 yeah. and you know you you hear a lot of uh, strange drum sounds and drum mm-hmm. machines and and True. A, mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. way of doing uh, the production and we got the you know the grammy the norwegian grammy for that one so yes. s- but that's maybe the the longest outside our we have been and uh, yeah somebody says okay. that uh, well you have to be different we think that we are we are just good when we are when mm-hmm, we play mm-hmm. what we think is the best music so mm-hmm. it yeah. has never been a problem for us that we maybe sounds a little bit of the same it's, yeah. Uh, yeah that's the that's what we are mm-hmm. I- imagine we have James Taylor starting to do rap, or it, it would just be <laughs> very <laughs> funny, not good, yeah, funny. Right. What would James Taylor sound like doing a rap song? Uh, okay, he, knowing him, he'd probably sound great at it because he's yeah. so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he, he might, uh, but if he he wouldn't do that for more than one song. <laughs> Shower the people. <laughs> Shower the people. Or, or what's the song? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great song. So, so he has got it in in him. But, but yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, you know you're surrounded in the band by um, great composers, guys that know how to write and create their own music. But um, tell us. When, you know, and knowing that the first album was very sort of instrumental, at what point uh, did you actually start adding lyrics? And uh, what, what, what album or was it that you actually started combining the music, you know, the, the instrumentals 
and more vocal driven music. Uh, our second album, Cruising, I said mm-hmm. to all yeah. the guys, okay, I, you all, the guys who write music, write two songs each and you, you decide which vocalists are going to sing it. So that was the, was the was the thing about that album. So that's why it's it's a lot of uh, vocalists on that one. But uh, that kind of got got everybody started. And it when we heard the the result, it wow, we are making the same kind of music, not the same mm-hmm. songs, but the same kind of music without yeah. even trying. Yeah. So well, you So that was a great experience, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about the album Cruisin', and that was uh, that came out in '81. Mm-hmm. And there were some changes in the band's lineup, and uh, you also featured several lead singers on this one. Uh, yeah. One song in particular, yeah. There's one song in particular on this album that I love, and it's called "Give It Up," which I believe featured vocalist, and I hope I pronounce her name correctly. Is it Sidsel Andresen? Sidsel, yeah, yeah, Sidsel was. Yeah. Uh, She she was just a kind of vocalist we were after, and she she wrote great lyrics. And she was a great friend, so mm-hmm. yeah. That song in particular, there's so many great chord progressions on that track, and it just really sucked me in. That I actually saw a video on YouTube the other day of you guys performing that. It was either a live setting or yeah, uh, it's a live it was, setting actually, and yeah. that's a live setting. So and she's mm-hmm. in it, and. Uh, It's a song of Guy Langslet, the keyboard, one of the keyboard players. He, uh, I think it is about his day at days at Berkeley, how mm-hmm. he, yeah, how his life was there. Well, hey, I'm going to be uh, a little selfish here, and I want to pause for a second and play this track that I love so much from the 1981 album titled Cruisin', and this is a song called Give It Up from our guest today, Fine Dog Hauge, on Inside Music Cast. Oh, 
you know, there's so many great Lava albums, but I have to admit to you that this one, Cruisin', was is probably one of my favorites yeah, that me you too. guys did. I really love that album. Yeah, um, the funny thing about that is you 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 might come to that, but when the when the Randy was Randy Crawford was in uh, Oslo with the Crusaders, she she got that album. You know, when all these artists comes, the the record company give them a lot of tapes before it was yeah. tapes. You know, <laughs> and uh, right, right. <laughs> and when she wanted to come to Norway, and the promoter uh, said he had a band, and. Uh, and she asked, but uh, what's what's the name of the band? Yeah, so that's Lava. Lava? Okay. I listen to their album cruising all the time in my car when I go out driving. So Wow. That's rather that's a coincidence. That I mean that's <laughs> I I mean when just to have, you know, the you know being connected to to Randy Crawford and and uh, but she was working with the Crusaders like you said at the time right yeah uh, both the Crusaders and uh, and a lot of great musicians they you know yeah. we were yeah. big fans of her albums Secret yeah. Combination and Wind Song and everything and suddenly she's in our rehearsal room and singing her heart out and we oh. went all all around the world with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us a story about that because that is a that you know it's really a great story as to how you guys became uh, you know her backing band for this for the the first tour. Talk to us about that. What happened? Because that's a great story. It's yeah. It, it's like I said. Now the two of great friends, promoter and the one Rune Lem. That's uh, he's a big promoter in Oslo and Norway and. Uh, Fred Eng that was at Polygram, they were friends with her, and uh, so and when she was, you know, between record deals and didn't have any, you know, concerts to do, she asked them, "Could you help me?" And they said, "Yeah, come to come to Scandinavia. We'll do a Scandinavian tour, and uh, together with Lava." So we are rehearsing for her tour. And suddenly she just pops up, stand up in the middle of us and singing a wind song. And, you know, all the guys just, uh, you know, the hair went uh, all over the place. Yeah. So that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic for us. And oh, after yeah. that, it was just, it was a match made in heaven. We, mm-hmm. we toured for 10 years and it was just great. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, speaking of, of touring, you know, over the years there's been you know, such an evolution of the band uh, when it came to touring. And when did touring really take off for Lava? And how extensively were you guys on the road, especially, you know, obviously in those early years? Yeah. We, we toured a lot. And uh, yeah. we earned no money because we wanted all the best, uh, you know, the, the sound and the lighting and everything. And seven guys in the band and not too good uh, what the money wasn't that good so so it was just for we wanted to play for the people the best way we could and it was just uh, it was it was great and then when when uh, we went on tour with uh, randy because she always gave us four own songs first we started with four lava songs and then so so it was a great opportunity for us to play 
places we never would have played without her. Yeah. Well, you're talking about touring and, and how you didn't make money and with touring, but at least you did it at, a, at an opportune time because, you know, the whole music industry is flip-flopped from those days in the 70s and 80s when touring was sort of an adjunct thing to selling records. And yeah. now it's the other way around. You got a tour to make money because yeah. you're not selling records. So at least you were, you know, and you had, had the opportunity to really make your live shows, you know, sound great, you know, and all, all the while just promoting your, your albums at the time. So yeah, and that, you know, all all the guys in the band was uh, making our money playing gigs or no uh, right. in yeah. in the studio and playing mm -hmm. it all on all the albums, just like to the Toto guys. And mm -hmm. so for ten years, we were the only, about the only guys who did sessions in in Norway. So uh, yeah, that's where we were earning the money, but right. and and the touring was. Kind of a nice extra, I would, I would say, for us. Yeah. You know, I just want to mention one thing, that touring does one thing that's different from working in a studio is touring makes you sharp. It makes you better. Because you, once you're playing on a stage, um, you don't get a second chance to, oops, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're there in front of people, whether you're getting paid or not, but it, it makes you, how should I say, tournament tough. Playing in front of people is, uh, is more difficult yeah, than yeah, it seems. Yeah, it's, it's very... I agree with you. On the other hand, you never have to hear hear, hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's the thing about records. You have to be really good there, because it lasts forever. So, uh, so it's 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 a two-sided sword. Yeah, you know, what, thinking about your early albums, the early days of Lava, their sound, you know, the groove, the. The impeccable musicianship and the and such great production value, mm -hmm. you know, I was always left wondering why this music didn't find its way to listeners here in the states. Um, you know, this this music fits so beautifully with what we were all digesting here in the states at the time. But and of course, you know, you wanted Lava to be heard everywhere. But tell us about the band's efforts to be heard here in the states and you know other places around the world. Were, were there some successes? Uh, England was into us. And mm -hmm. the first, uh, you know, take your time from the cruising album was a hit in uh, yeah. in, in the UK, mm -hmm. and the Swedes have always loved us, and and uh, Denmark and so Scandinavia, but uh, yeah, it never happened for us in in the states, and I I don't know why, or I have, but uh, there we might have been competing with the people that we that we were fan of that maybe was even better than us and uh, we can we can uh, we can understand that very well you know being in the states and not having been exposed to lava as much as we should have um, you know while we know the music we didn't pick up on the same you know vibe that norwegians and other countries in europe uh, might have been exposed to and I'm thinking about your 1990 album, Rhythm of Love, and it's been described as, as a masterpiece within the Lava collection of albums. Can you explain the magic of this specific album and why you believe it was so highly regarded? Uh, hopefully because of a lot of nice songs, good mm -hmm. songs. And that was the first time that we we had to, to shift our keyboard player and saxophone player because they had another gig and they were not allowed to play with us because the record oh. company said, if, if we're going to you know, uh, use money on you, you can't play with Lava. Interesting. So we, 
so we got uh, Aethor Gunnarsson, the, the keyboard player from Mesoforte, that uh, yeah. was great friends of ours, and uh, and Cody Kolve, another saxophone player, that's also a brilliant musician. And, you know, when I've always found as a producer, if you just put one unknown guy in the band, everybody plays better. So even why, why is even, that? Why is that? Even slang? seasoned musicians do that because you you get you get so used to each other and you don't have to what you say uh, prove yourself. Mm-hmm. But when this new guy comes along, it's uh, something happens. Some magic usually happens when you put a, a new guy in the band. You know, John Lennon said the same about Billy Preston. Whenever he was in there. All the guys played so much better. So yes. I think it's a it's a, just a natural thing, and 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 we could feel the energy, and we we rehearsed for three days before we went into studio. So we were really knowing what we should play. So we could more than you know trying to remember the song. We could right. try. We could create there and then, and uh, so and that uh, comes back in the music. I think. Yeah, it's you know it's it's so that's a perfect analogy when a stranger comes in and the other guys step it up. I mean, you know that's almost the same way it is in sports. I know that in tennis, growing up playing a lot of tennis, if I or if, if a player uh, plays a better player than they are, they play a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Uh, you and, should uh, always play with better better guys. Yeah, yeah. To, that's the only way to to be better. Yes, exactly. Wasn't this the album also that um, the Oslo, uh, the the was it the Gospel Choir? Gospel Choir, yes. Yeah, that was uh, who was involved in 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 some of those songs and and added such a beautiful and, and I mean it was a beautiful, powerful layer on 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 the songs for this project. Yeah, we we worked a lot with them, and mm-hmm. uh, so we played on their albums and. Uh, so, say so, so they were great friends of ours, and we had do a, do, done a lot of gigs together with them. So it was so natural for them to come in when when Rolf had this beautiful song, yeah. and uh, and they just lifted it up. So it was such a magical thing to be in the studio when do, they did that. That's beautiful. It was a nice touch, very nice touch in adding that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, in January, Lava performed a, a concert in in Oslo at the at the Rockefeller, and it was a it was a very packed house recently, and and uh, and it was also drummer uh, Per Hilstad, uh, his final show uh, with the band. That's right. And, uh, and we've heard you know from those who attended that uh, this was a really really great show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the the concert and and uh, and being Per's final show? Yeah, uh, we wanted it to be special, and we wanted bec- because. Uh, Pierre has been such a special drummer for us and he, for for the whole Norwegian music uh, industry because he started that way of playing like you had the, the great American drummers but he was the only one in Norway who who understood that and did that the right way so yeah. everything about tuning drums the sound the playing the so so he, so he turned turned the whole industry round Mm-hmm. And uh, so we wanted to to acknowledge him and uh, say thank you. And a lot of people f- felt the same way as we did. So the 
the the concert hall was packed and it was a great just a great concert and everybody was uh, and it i think pierre, even pierre was a little wow is this is this for me so because he is a modest guy so mm -hmm. yeah and and i'm just curious um you know pierre had been with you for such a long time and i why did he decide to to leave the band what was was there a specific reason or multiple reasons That's very difficult for me to say exactly, but I would think that there are m more than one reason. I know he has some uh -huh. uh, problems with his uh, skin, so sometimes he he hurts when he's playing and he mm -hmm. bleeds when he's playing, and so that is one of the reasons. Maybe he want to yeah play a little less, and uh -huh. after forty six years of listening to me telling him what to play <laughs> because I'm often the the author or the composer could so and maybe 46 years is he wanted to do other things also sure yeah absolutely it's well, understandable but we do wish pair the very best pair of you listening out there thank you for the time you gave lava and uh, and, and best to you you know yeah absolutely you know uh, Svein we want to talk to you get a little bit technical here um, you know you have your own studio at uh, what capacity do you work in your studio do you use outside recording studios when you work on projects uh, for lava yeah well at least when we're starting we, we're always so for the album before did we went to Denmark and now we w went to a, a city in the uh, in Norway called Halden and to to have that feeling when everybody plays together and you you get the mm -hmm. feeling if this is a nice song if you can play this live afterwards and then maybe you you rearrange it and play on top of it and do things but it's nice to mm -hmm. start in the studio and then we all have you know small uh, small working studios that we can use afterwards right that's neat um so let's let's talk about some other technical things um microphones yeah what are your favorite microphones when you're either recording you know instruments or vocals do you have any favorites that you you want to toss out to us <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of. Uh, I often end up do with the tube mics for Egil, and sometimes we have used uh, you know Shure SM7 if you want him to be a little more rocky and not so you know big sounding, and uh, mm -hmm. and you know a, a good preamp and uh, so there's a lot of nice microphones out there. Mm -hmm. I like Bayer's. Yeah. A Bayer, what's mm -hmm. your German Bayer? Yeah. Bayer. And, yeah. Uh, Bayer. Yep. yeah, so so everything that sounds nice. We often rehearse mm -hmm. them first or listen to them. Is this doing what we want with the song? That's mm -hmm. neat, very neat. And one uh, one other thing that we know that we have a lot of instrumentalists out there, guitarists, keyboardists, or whatever. But as a guitarist, what uh, what brand of guitarist? What what make guitars are you? Uh, Uh, playing. I used right to be a Fender guy, and I hmm. or Fenderish. So we had a, a company called, uh, uh, yeah, Norwegian uh, guitar makers that made very nice guitar from parts they bought Schecter and uh, ESP and stuff. And mm -hmm. but then now I play the you know Sir. Do you say Sir? Uh -huh. Sire. Yeah, the American, yeah. And I have ESPs, very nice, uh -huh. you know, um, 
Les Paul-like guitars that to me sounds even better than a Les Paul. And I just got mm-hmm. the, the PRS the Fiore. That's a great guitar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so then I have your Gretsch and whatever. Because I do so much studio work, I have to have a lot of great guitars that do different things. Sure. So that, that's uh, yeah. some of them. And I have a great uh, acoustic uh, Gibson, the the 150. I think it's called F150. Great guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got one last question while we're talking about engineering and that type of thing. Um, you're also a producer, and you're working a lot of non-Lava projects. Talk to us about that side of the life for you. Uh, that. That's the thing I've been doing the most, and so I've I produced a lot of artists in Norway and some in Sweden, some in Denmark, and uh, and Iceland. Me, Rolf, the bass player, and me went to Iceland and produced some songs with Mesoforte, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, so that has actually before now, but uh, until I was like 50 years, it was uh, my main occupation doing that. And for me, the main thing is that you have your favorite uh, r- recording engineer with you because he makes everything so much easier. Switching from engineering to back to Lava for a second, and, and we know that you have an 11 CD box set on the horizon, which will be... An amazing collector's piece for any Lava fan, and most notably included in this box set will be a brand new album with all new material that will only be available within the box set. So talk to us about this new album project, and you know which we, we've told, I think is tentatively titled X, and is there anything you can share with us without giving too much away? Yeah, it's, a, it's our 10th, you know, album that's not a live album or a best of album so so therefore it's called lava x nice uh, nice title and Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's got a only uh, what you say uh, original songs not only Mm -hmm. by me and egerland but uh, also friends of lava and uh, so it's a nice uh, collection of we think very good songs Mm-hmm. So we are very excited about the album and we have just mastered it and it's coming now very soon. And you know the guys who, who buy the 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 box are the first to get it. But after okay. you know this box is uh, f- sent uh, or f- what you call it uh, sold, then yep. then it will be on the market for and it, it's going to be on the you know Spotify and all things. Okay, great. I'm just curious for guys like Eddie and me who want to, you know, that are here in the States that would want to get a hold of this box set. How would we get a hold of it? Is it only going to be sold in Norway or will it be available? Yeah, it's in Norway. So, okay. Give me a call. (laughs) 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 I'll arrange it with. uh, So, it would be nice to have uh, 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 have a box in uh, the States too. So and then you could play yeah. it for some guys. Absolutely. I just wondered if uh, if the, you know you'd have it available, say, on a website or something. But it doesn't sound like you will, right? Oh, well, if, if, I think Egil is the one who, who do all these website things. So I think after a while you you can buy it from there. So okay. Or if you are in a, any problems, we'll we'll help you. 
Well, we've got a, a little surprise here today for our listeners of Inside Music Cast, and especially for the fans of Lava, because uh, Svein has uh, allowed us to play a sample of one of the brand new tracks from the upcoming X album that's going to be included in the box set. And this uh, sample we're going to play is of a track called Somebody Who Knows. And again, this is from our guest today, Svein Dog Hauge and the band Lava, here on Inside Music Cast. If you're a Lava fan, or, or if you're even a, especially a new Lava fan, and you just want to catch up with, you know, everything Lava's done, this is going to be such a great opportunity to uh, to yeah. get your hands on the to entire collection. To get yeah, baptized yeah, into yeah. <laughs> We think it's great. It's a fantastic box. So, yeah. uh, and it also got a whole CD of only like outtakes and stuff that you can't hear any other place. And, and then concerning this collection of albums in the box set, was there, uh, did you guys go through and like remaster everything? Because, you know, you, we're talking about recordings that go back to the late 70s and early 80s on all the way through some of your more current things. Did you do something to remaster them to make yeah, them all? Some of the albums we remastered for just f- like four or five years ago. And they are good okay. remasters. Oh, okay. so, so they were just lying there ready for us to use. So, uh, so we think it's uh, great uh, quality on every every album. And I'm also curious about this this new album, uh, Lava X. Did by chance did you know since it's your you know kind of like a, your tenth uh, album, kind of celebrating the you know this 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 tenth album release. Did did any past members of Lava return to participate in this new album or any aspect of the production of the uh, box set? No, it's it's just a new new or the band that it is right now. So yeah, uh, okay. So yeah, so you know, sadly, three of our members are dead. They both Marius right, yeah. and Rolf and Sigurd. They, mm-hmm. yeah, the Rolf died in cancer, but the two others in accidents. So, so it's mm-hmm. uh, rather mm-hmm. sad, but uh, life goes on, and we we do a lot of these things. Yeah. Keep on going with Lava to honor them, and we always talk about them. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it's um, you know, we've been talking to Svein Dag Haug. And uh, who is the the mastermind of of lava? 
And uh, it, it's been a, a, a great, great chat with you. And we hope that if uh, our audience, if, if you have not heard of Lava's music, dig into it. Dig into it. You yeah, will not absolutely. be disappointed at all, right, Rick? Yeah, especially if you're, you know, for me, I really appreciated the early recordings of that sound that came out of the that West Coast sound that we all refer to that came out of the early 80s. I just love those albums. And if you're into West Coast and if that's, that's your genre, that these are just such beautiful albums. And we... You really got to take a listen to them. Oh yeah, that that's what we do here at Inside Music Cast. Into if you know, and and this was just not a brand new band. This was a band that's had a legacy of almost forty five years. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's no excuse for our our listeners to not dig in and to yeah. really enjoy yeah. the music. Yeah, and and once again, we want to thank Mikael Engstrom, our correspondent in Sweden, uh, for connecting us with you. Uh, it's fine. It's been really great talking to you today. Thank you, guys. It was, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And take care, and, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. We'll, and we'll be sure to let our listeners know when this box set releases, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep in contact with, with, with you and with our fans. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. It's fine. Thank you so much, okay? Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Special thanks to Svein Dog Hauge of Lava for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We also want to thank our Inside Music Cast correspondents for their support and dedication, including Brian Pearson in Chicago, Kim Riley in South Florida, Scott Gross in Tampa, Mikhail Ingstrom in Stockholm, Scott Sheriff in Nashville, Don Brightup in Los Angeles, Loretta Sassaman in Seattle, Yinka Oyelese in New Jersey, and Arnaud Legere in Paris. Now you can show your support for Inside Music Cast by making a donation at InsideMusicCast.com. Your donation will help us to continue producing future episodes of Inside Music Cast and keep Inside Music Cast radio streaming 24-7. You can also receive special Inside Music Cast merch, such as t-shirts, masks, stickers, and coasters for your support at various levels. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thank you for your support of Inside Music Cast. <laughs>